You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. How you doing? You, you sitting comfortably, all settled in? Good. Now listen, I'm going to remind you of a story. It's all about a time when a group of chickens escaped a farm. There was a farmer, see, and she absolutely hated chickens, kept them locked up like prisoners. I guess you could say she had a real axe to grind. Got herself a machine that turned chickens into pies, but what she didn't plan on was going toe-to-toe with a certain freedom-fighting chick named Ginger. She was fierce, fearless, and wanted one thing and one thing only, freedom. She pulled all the chickens together, recruiting a circus performer named Rocket, who she fell in love with. With her brains and uniting the ingenuity of all the chickens, Ginger hatched a plan and built the machine that gave them all the wings to fly every chicken out of there and even got rid of that wicked farmer to boot. Having escaped the farm, Ginger and Rocky, now safe and happy on their island sanctuary with all their friends, welcome a new little one into their lives. Molly, an adventurer from the moment she hatched, and like all kids whose overprotective parents shelter them from the world that they fled and left behind, Molly is determined to explore all the mysteries beyond the island. She takes flight, only to discover on the mainland the whole of chicken kind faces a terrible new threat. Funland Farms, a chicken nugget manufacturing plant. Last time, the chickens had to break out of a prison. This time, they have to break in. I'm T.C. Dewitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my fellow kick-ass hens, Ray. Hello. And Melina. Uh, I would come up with a poultry pun, but I think this movie used all of them, so. (laughs) (laughs) How utterly foul of you to not have something fun to say, Melina. Oh, oh, I think the movie did that one, too, so. Well, he threw in a cow pun, too, so, whoa. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, squad, let's talk Chicken Run. Are you a fan of the original, and did you enjoy this sequel? I opened the coop. <laughs> the first one, yes. I love the first one. And I mean, it's Ardman. Everything that they do has some sense of magic to it. Uh, even the ones that I like a little less than others, I, I still love basically everything that they do. And I was waiting for this one to be just as good, if not better, than the original. You know, because you always hope. And it's just so long since the original. You wonder, mm-hmm. over that amount of time, what are they going to come up with? And it's kind of fun that we have decided to go from the Great Escape to breaking back in instead (laughs) and and all of that. And, of course, this movie kind of throws everything at it. We've got – you've got shades of just about everything. You've got shades when they're getting back out of The Rock or Escape from Alcatraz. You've got shades of James Bond films. You've got shades of all of these Mm -hmm. different things that are coming at you. And that's great. And they do a great job with that. But you're right. There's so many – 
poultry ponds and everything. It, 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 I, I don't want to say this movie left me wishing it had wings, but I, I, it didn't quite have wings for me. Oh my God, thank God you said that. <laughs> I have seen nothing but great reviews, like good to great reviews for this movie since it came out. And when I sat down to watch it, I just got this kind of sinking feeling about 15 minutes in. Oh God, I think I'm going to be the sourpuss on this one. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm probably going to have to theoretically, because I'm not on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm going to theoretically have to drag that percentage down a little bit because I adore that first movie. It is one of my absolute favorite animated films. I can still quote it verbatim to this day. And this one, I was so excited for it, but I don't think unrealistically, I like most of what Ardman's done. So I'm like, I do also go in with an expectation and a realistic one, but... Yeah, for most of this, I thought, this looks incredible. I think that it's the most colorful movie I've seen this year, other than Barbie. You've got great actors coming in to do the voices. But what that first movie did that this one, I think, utterly failed at was the humor, which is so important when it comes to Aardman. Yeah, the physicality of this claymation, this stop-motion technique, Aardman always succeeds. They have such a charm and style. Leica has a similar vibe to them, but Leica tends to skew darker in their cute claymation, and Armin has like a wholesomeness to it. It's the soft edges of the claymation that I think give them sweetness that is prevalent in all their films. But we've, we've touched on this just between the three of us right now, talking that when a sequel comes decades after the fact, especially a sequel to something beloved, boy, are you fighting an uphill battle. Okay, I, I liken this to something like The Incredibles. The first Incredibles is top tier, one of my all-time favorite movies, let alone one of the best Pixar movies. And to come so many, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 14 years later with The Incredibles <laughs> 2, the bar is set really, really high. And, and the, the best you can hope for, I mean, you could hope for better, but the best you could hope for is that it at least meets the first one. And like Incredibles 2, I think Dawn of the Nugget here, it it doesn't get to the level that the first one had. And that first one is so unique and fun. It's 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 a year two thousand movie where there's there's no cynicism to it that came after two thousand one, which obviously the world very much shifted both socially, politically and entertainment wise, because of, of September eleventh. A cynicism became very pervasive within our entertainment, including our children's entertainment. So the, the fact that Chicken Run came out in 2000 at the end of a very innocent era, it captured so much wonderfulness that this one is it's missing. This doesn't have the cynicism that, I'm, that I just, I don't know, at random am talking about, but it doesn't <laughs> have the, the unique magic that that first one had. It sort of feels like a checklist I hate to say. Yeah, I think you're right. We've seen this before, unfortunately. It wasn't as unique a story as I wanted because we have seen this before. And you can pull it off with something a little bit new or you can stick enough inside jokes into it or something to make it funnier or something we don't think we've quite seen even though we have. But this just seems to be a retread, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately kind of makes it lie flatter when you want it to soar. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this comes in on such a 
giant scale when you compare it to the first one. Oh, that yeah, first one, yeah. I think the, the beauty of it is really the simplicity. Obviously, it's not cheap to make an Aardman film, but what was great about that was that it really was about these characters who were locked in, literally, to this situation. And you get to know all of them so well. You know, they're so distinct. It's like, to this day, I've not forgotten any of the side characters' names. You know, Babs, Bunty, Fowler, mm-hmm. Mac, you know. And all of them stand out so much because all of them are given so much room to breathe in a story that's very straightforward. It's very tight, but it's emotional and it resonates as a kid and as an adult. I've watched it many times as both. Here, I'm like, they're going so big with it, but there's no heart to it anymore. There's not a single new character that comes into this that I care about or can even remember the name of right now. (laughs) Therein lies one of the issues with this movie. If you've seen the first one, the bar has been set. If you haven't seen the first one, I do think this is going to charm the hell out of you. Oh, no, Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, Uh, so I I had an opportunity to watch this with someone who's never even heard of the first one, which is wild, Uh, and and also very exciting to be like, well, guess what we're watching next? (laughs) But to start with this one, and to see someone who's coming in with a blank slate be overwhelmingly happy with the movie, to smile through the whole thing, to laugh at it, to enjoy these characters, being presented cold. Uh, I think that, that that does play a part in doing a sequel like this, doing a, a sequel so far after the original to aim for a new audience. That's, uh, it's that fine balance. You get Force Awakens. You get Dial of Destiny. You get these you get Halloween, like you get these movies that come so late and far after the fact that it's it's a balancing act between can you appeal the original fans and can you draw new fans? And where I think this one is going to succeed and, and quite possibly why this is getting so many positive reviews is it's getting reviewed by people who have zero connection to that original one. Yeah. So there, there's the mm, juggling act. Don't yeah, don't get us wrong. I mean, it, at least for my part, don't get me wrong. I came in with you know with kind of the first naysaying on this on this and all, but that doesn't mean <laughs> this is a bad film. This is not a bad film. We're talking about it more for us, I think, from seeing the first one and seeing Ardman's other work as maybe a not so good sequel. Mm-hmm. But the film itself is not a bad film. So I, I mm-hmm. guess maybe, you know, let's not take away, let's not have everybody listening to us take away that we think we're shitting on this film. No, no. I, I don't I don't want that to be the takeaway either. No, I don't, I don't want that to be the takeaway at all because just... That's just... fine. I'll be that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it, it, it's a sequel. It suffers. It's But mm-hmm. in, in and of itself, you're right. I guess if, if this is the first one you're watching, you know, it's not a bad film. It's Mm-mm. so beautiful. Melina, you touched yes, on it yes. as far as like the the co- how colorful it is and and God, when you really take a moment to respect what stop motion is, if watch this on Netflix, that's where it's available. Right next to it is the making of this movie. I recommend watching that as well because I, oh. it's it's easy to take for granted how difficult it is to make a movie. It is really really difficult <laughs> to do stop motion for Christ's sake. It is almost more worth watching the making of than the movie if you're going to be one of those fans who holds that original up to a beloved position and aren't being won over by this. So Melina, I would I would highly suggest if you didn't see it cuz based on your oh response you didn't know it was there, watch the <laughs> making of. It is for those so, of you who can't see. <laughs> so, it's so cool <laughs> to see how this process is done. And and Ardman has their process down they they have this technique 
and, and they, they they have a great history as well as like uh, winning the Oscar for uh, was it um, it was Runaway Trousers yes. or, right I believe so uh, yes and then their entire building burning down and mm-hmm. losing everything and then rebuilding from there and getting stuff like Shaun of the Sheep there that's top tier Ardman right there if yes. you haven't seen that I really really recommend that one um, but like mm-hmm. Arthur Christmas and Flushed Away and the Pirates like they have a great library and it's sneakily wonderful because they're not Pixar they're not Disney they're not a household name in those regards but every time they put something out even something like this there there is that I know I said there wasn't magic but there is their magic within <laughs> this and I don't think uh, on a technical level that I can I would never take that away from them oh yeah and I am so glad that you mentioned that there is a behind the scenes featurette for this because, yes, I, I jest that I'm shitting all over this, but that's because, yeah, I do have more negative things to say about this as a sequel than I do positive. But the entire time I was watching it, I could not shake just how incredible stop motion is. And the fact that Ardman has gone back to doing that, they kind of left that for a little while. Mm-hmm, they went mm-hmm. doing CG with something like Arthur Christmas. And I think some of their later stuff, they made it look like it was stop motion, but it was... CG meant to kind of mime it. Definitely not something that I was taking for granted. One thing that I actually thought was so great was that they've gone back to making it so that you can see the little imperfections Mm -hmm. in the characters, which I actually was appreciating. I was like, oh my God, I can see the fingerprint on all these characters where they had to go in and slightly adjust Mm -hmm. them. And I love that. Like that's actually really charming. I think you're right. The magic of Artman is the craft, you know, with how they build these worlds. They are so... They're the best miniatures you will ever see in your life. And they're so complete, you don't question them. But here, it was just, it was that lack of connecting to the humor, connecting to the characters, to where I was like, this is just a beautiful looking film, and I wish that there was more I could say about it than that. Yeah, the script is where the weaknesses show. Exactly. Not the direction, not the performances, not the the, the art of this. There was a great bit of detail after Rocket gets zapped by the fence, He's got the burn of the fence on his chest for the rest of the movie. And I thought that was a, that's that level of detail that you just got to respect that sort of thing. Uh, there's, a, there's also a great little – this was pointed out to me. I did not spot this myself. But in the final moments, you can spot a fake chicken. A certain, mm-hmm. uh, f- certain penguin is hiding mm-hmm. amongst the, uh, <laughs> amongst the uh, chickens in the end, which uh, that's a great little Easter egg. That's like Wally is hiding in a driveway in the first – Toy Story, like that that level of like hee hee, here's one of our Aww. here's one of our other characters. <laughs> yeah, you can get slippers. No, that's I'm off track. You can get slippers though of, of this chicken, <laughs> with, uh, this penguin with the chicken. Yeah, you can totally get them. But anyway, oh god, Christmas Eve is tomorrow. It's just it's too late to put that out. Of <laughs> I don't know much more to say about this. Uh, I, I do think we could move into some final thoughts here. I mean, we can we can certainly keep talking about um, Feathers McGraw if you want to after the fact, but uh, <laughs> let's let's move into some final thoughts here. Uh, Ray, why don't you wrap it up for us? It's interesting that we're all in agreement on this because uh, I knew coming in that probably all of us were fans of of Ardman, and I was a little bit oh, I can't give this you know a perfect ten or anything because it's. <laughs> You're right, though. It's it's not that it's a bad film, and it's not that it's not beautiful, and it's not that it's not Ardman at their best work when they're working with their miniatures and building the physical world, the look of that. Where it falls flat is the script. 
it's mm. the, the script is flat it's a predictable story it's, it's a story we've seen before and there weren't any surprises necessarily although like i said the we said the world looks great you get to the 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 farm and the farm is really you know something that looks exactly like a villain's base in in a bond movie and it, <laughs> totally, it's great yeah, it looks like a james bond villain. yeah it's great it's it's so much fun and that's amazing and i'm looking at that going, oh yeah now we're gonna get to and then it it just kind of goes it just kind of there and it flows and again, for anybody watching something like this or watching this film for the first time who maybe hasn't seen the first Chicken Run, I think they're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to love it. I think we have the disadvantage this time, unfortunately, of having seen and loved the first one so much. So I don't want to discourage people from watching this because there are a lot of good things to get out of it. And and let me tell you, Purdy, she, those boots, those boots that that woman wears... <laughs> oh my god they are just on fire i love her boots <laughs> but other than that when i come down to the end of the day i can give this a solid score but not a great score so i think i have to give it barely just barely we're we're at a, we're at a seven a 70 percent maybe out of 10 uh feather dusters <laughs> <laughs> the humor that worked for me every time was nick and fetcher the two rats it felt like they even recorded their lines in the same room together. At your service. Yeah, <laughs> at your service. Their rapport, the patter of their of their dialogue, that worked every time. I really, really liked those two just top to bottom. This is a good-looking movie. We keep saying it. I think Armin makes good to great. I don't think they make bad movies. I don't think they make movies that are unwatchable or offensive or pandering. And that's important, especially with family films. It's easy to say this is a kid's movie. And a kid's movie is the wrong way to describe movies like Pixar and Disney and whatnot. Kid's movies are the Paw Patrol movie. That's a kid's movie. Family movies have a way of charming, which is the word of the day, everyone who watches it so that adults can pull stuff away from it and kids can enjoy it. And I think that's what Armin does best, and I do think that's what this one does well. It is a sweet, wholesome family film doesn't reach the level of that original and and uh, it, that was a hard bar to pass anyway so i do think give this a shot if you like claymation if you like ardman you're good you should watch this it's 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 sad to say that this has a very limited theatrical release so the best you can do is watch it on netflix there's something lost in watching something that tries to be epic on a computer screen even on your best tv when something tries to be epic and you're watching it that small something is lost uh, so I, I do think that maybe had I seen this in theaters or if the three of us had gotten to go see it together, we might have, it might have skewed our perspective a little differently to hear it big and loud. That being said, I did enjoy this. I, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10 Polaroids, upside down or otherwise. That was probably the funniest joke in the entire movie. <laughs> uh, to go back to the boots, the other funniest joke was that villain reveal. Not going to say any more than that, but the way that they dragged that out so long... <laughs> okay, the movie is finally reaching a level of self-awareness to where it's like, we know that the adult audience who has seen a bunch of James Bond films is going to love this. Yeah, oh my god. Ken Adams would be yeah. proud of the set design, let alone the oh, pacing yeah. of that sequence. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the movie that I would most compare this to is something like The Incredibles 2. It's not bad, it's just, it suffers from the disadvantage of coming off of something that is so good, so perfect, that... Maybe it's just an unclimbable mountain, 
And I think that a lot of people are giving it credit because of the way it looks. And to a certain extent, I want to see more stuff like this. I want people to be encouraged to keep making animation in this style and not be afraid to go completely in with the script. Don't hold back on the writing. I think that, yeah, we've all agreed that that's probably this movie's biggest flaw. I think unless you have very small kids and you're watching it with them, that as an adult is probably the best enjoyment that you're gonna get out of it, is just watching them react, watching them have a great time. Whereas with the first one, I know for a fact that adults love it just as much, whether they have kids or not. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I'm so wishing that I could recommend this higher because I do love that first one and I want more people to go see it just by the extension of this, but it's not without its merits. You know, you do have a very gifted cast. It's an incredible looking piece of art. Uh, I just wish that the story was tighter. I wish that the characters were stronger. So as a result, I can only give this, uh, I can only give this seven out of 10 Yorkshire accents that everyone's doing and I love it. <laughs> Whenever I watch movies with accents like this, I will repeat lines. Like I'll hear someone like, you're just a little girl. What do they have? Thrust. I'm sure there are people out there who, who have to throw subtitles on the minute it's not an American accent. Oh. <laughs>